I'm Romy Newman, the co-founder and president of Fairy God Boss, and this is Fairy God Boss Radio. Welcome. Today, I am joined by Deepa Soni, who is an incredibly accomplished woman. She is Chief Information Officer at the Hartford. Deepa, welcome to the show. Thank you, Romy. Pleasure to be here. Glad to have you. We would love to hear about your career journey. How did you travel throughout your career and end up where you are today? Absolutely. So my current role is I'm the CIO for the Hartford, as you mentioned, and uh, my journey has been pretty interesting. I uh, am an electrical engineer by education, grew through the ranks as a developer, and since then have taken on uh, management roles, executive roles, and sort of expanded my breadth and depth of my experiences through leading architecture, application development teams, working with the businesses and transforming, led some digital journeys for the companies. And here I am. Um, I run the technology organization for the Hartford. Amazing. So you have spent most of your career in technology, in financial services, which is pretty incredible, but also pretty stereotypically male-oriented. So uh, tell us a little bit about what it was like to be a woman in that experience, in school, becoming an electrical engineer, and then kind of starting your career and, and managing all the way to the top. Yeah. So I was about one of 13 engineers 13 women engineers uh, in engineering school out of a class of about 200. So we wow. about 6% of the, of the class. But, you know, I would say growing up, I was quite immune to any gender stereotypes. We were two sisters and my parents were very progressive. Uh, even in those days, kids ago, they encouraged us to do whatever we aspired to do. So for more than half of my career, I was quite blind to the gender biases or anything around that. As I started getting into more management and executive roles, that's where I started to see a little bit of a broader picture beyond myself. And it was clear that women have had to um, work harder and to prove themselves more in male-dominated industries, in technology, in banking, and to even to achieve, I would say, similar or even less accomplishments. And it really goes back to, in my mind, two areas one is related to organizations. That's really where organizations need to create an equitable environment for men and women to maximize their potential. And if that happens, then, you know, the playing level field for women is same. The best person qualified for the job gets us without any biases. And I was the second part of why it takes, you know, it takes more effort for women as women ourselves. You know, we tend to be a little bit more critical of ourselves. We're perfectionists. We won't throw our name in the hat if uh, not for 200% match of our credentials. Uh, and so some of those things, it took me personally a long time to recognize and do something about it. Um, and I think we need to advance both the company culture for inclusion, but also, you know, women can play a role in stepping up and taking charge and uh, kind of breaking those barriers. So you said it took you a long time to do something about the confidence gap that we all face or the imposter syndrome. What did you do? How did you change your behavior to overcome it? I think it would be a lot around recognizing that the world around us is not really meant or is not all meant to be detrimental to women. You know, I had to look inside myself and take charge in, you know, the circumstances, the social, the, the surroundings, etc. had to be looked at with a positive eye. 
So it was a lot about me speaking up, you know, me not assuming that everybody knows what I want to do. So, you know, things we talk about, ask, it took me a long time. I grew up in an Indian culture where, you know, you just do good work and people get recognized. That's sort of how I was brought up and it took me a long time to recognize that's not enough. Um, a lot of us that, yes, yeah. it takes it's a long time to learn that. Yes. You know, and we, um, so I think, so that those kind of things to have your voice, understand your contributions, be, be a voice, you know, you have a lot to contribute and it may not be the same as the person next to you, but it's still a different perspective that the company will value. And, and to me, the biggest thing was really be able to speak up, be able to contribute intellectually. I did a lot of things. I did a lot of good work, but attaching voice to your work uh, was one of the important lessons I, I learned. Wonderful. So now that you have really established yourself, not only do you have this senior level role at the Hartford, but you also sit on the boards of a couple of very important not-for-profits. How do you think about paying it forward, mentoring, supporting other women? I think of that all the time. I think of that all the time. And I would say, you know, Hartford has a phenomenal culture. So very inclusive culture very inclusive mindset and women representation and technology and women in general is very strong. In my IT leadership team, I'm really proud to say we're about 55% women leaders. And the company has had a very long-standing commitment to diversity inclusion, and that is pervasive to the company and it shows. You know, we, we have a very formal program for women in technology, and we focus on all aspects from recruitment to retention to promotions to equal pay to providing work-like opportunities. So it's, it's pretty amazing being part of that structure and helping, you know, at that scale, uh, women, it feels good. Personally, as well, all along the way, since I started learning about things that, you know, uh, could be helpful to women, I've been pretty open and honest and vocal. I would say I share my stories in the hope that women can learn faster than I did. <laughs> you know, it's always good to learn from others' mistakes. So I, I share my uh, stories or my, my uh, predicaments and dilemmas and things that I held myself back up with others just in the hope. You know, it entices them and inspires them and encourages them. And just like you are today. <laughs> I hope and so. I do think that goes a long way. I mean, I think being willing to share the steps of your journey and your learnings matter a lot. Did you meet other women along the way? Did you have other women supporters? And if not, who were the men who supported you? Yep. I would say, you know, my first executive job, I was the only woman on the leadership team and about 15 years younger than anybody else. So it was a challenging position, but, you know, I learned to learn from my colleagues at that point. I had to survive in that uh, dynamic and I learned from male colleagues. My boss turned out to be a great, greatest mentor of all times. I would say, you know, the most challenging situations bring the best. And so my boss was really great at that time. And then later on, I started paying more attention to uh, and learning from other women in senior roles, whether they were in technology or not, you know, all across the company, really absorbing on how they approach work, their colleagues, you know, how are they tackling the tough situations? Um, how did they make their point? How did they carry their thought leadership? So I would say I've been fortunate enough to learn from some very dynamite women leaders, as well as, you know, had the opportunity to learn from some great men mentors. Wonderful. And so let's go back to the idea of you as a mentor. First of all, is there a formalized program at the Hartford that you're participating in? Yes, Hartford has a very strong women in technology program that falls under broader uh, professional women's network, if you would. And uh, yes, I'm one of the sponsors, along with a few other leaders. 
and you know we're focused on many things uh, right now in that program all the way from recruiting um, women talent to helping non-technology folks within the company take on tech roles, you know, uh, working with uh, organizations, external partnerships like Fairy God Boss and helping recruit more talent. And then we also are um, helping girls think about STEM careers as a way of building the pipeline through Girls for Tech and some other programs. So we have a very robust program. We have lean in circles to help support the women in the Hartford and help them grow. And um, so we, we have a pretty robust program. What personal benefit do you find from being a mentor? You learn a lot. You know, it's a bi-directional. <laughs> dialogue in my it mind. It goes both ways. It goes both ways. And it is so bi-directional. And it is, it's so fascinating to hear different perspectives about life, work, career. And it's not about, always about career. It's also about people's lines of thinking. So when you get into these deeper discussion, you know, with mentees or mentors, I would say, it's just fascinating for me to see how people learn, react, take on situations differently. And to me, it's very fascinating. And especially if, if you think about the next generation, if you talk to millennials and you're, you know, working with them, you just get to hear a different perspective than when I was 25 or 30, never thought about. But it's fascinating to hear those perspectives and learn and, and actually progress in many ways, your own thinking based on those conversations. Absolutely. And understand more about the work that's happening on the ground, ground floor. Yep. yep, absolutely. What is one piece of advice you've shared with a talented, ambitious woman and how did she respond? Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> you think of stories um, on that front. I would say one of my first moments, so this is not recent, it's it's quite six or seven years old, but this was one of my first moments when I actually tapped somebody on the shoulder and said something. I had a late evening meeting where we had one one of my male colleagues and one of my female colleagues were presenting to me. And it was a 5 to 6 p.m. meeting. The male colleague spoke 95% of the time and he would look to the female colleague every five minutes to kind of have her nod along the way. That's hard to watch. Yes. And I did. I did. Um, but, you know, I was also kind of finding myself at that time. But, you know, something did not feel right to me. And uh, next day morning at 7.15, I called that lady and I said, what the heck were you doing last night? And she goes, what do you mean, Deepa? I prepared so hard and I worked so hard for that presentation. I said, that's exactly the point. I said, I know you had worked hard. I know you had provided a lot of content, but guess what? You didn't even speak for two minutes out of the whole 60 minutes. And there was dead silence on the phone. And she said, wow, I didn't think about it. And I said, well, you got to start thinking about it. Right. And so those are some of the moments, you know, when you talk somebody and, and I, you know, she grew on to become a pretty, pretty senior person in our, in our organization. But absolutely. I mean, when I see moments where I would have done the same thing, maybe 10 years ago, you know, I do tap on people's shoulder and say, you know, there's a different way to um, show up. I think that that is so important that we're all, we, and, and you don't have to be senior to be holding other women accountable or helping them realize where they're missing the opportunities. Um, it's always important to tap our, our peers and uh, our colleagues on the shoulder and remind them to take credit. Yeah. We have to, women are not great at taking credit. Um, we have to do that better. That is true. So, you know, all the case stories in Lenin, I was one of them at many points in my career. <laughs> exactly. I think we all were. Yeah, <laughs> that's why it's so relatable. Um, but yeah, you know, if if um, if I see talented women and ambitious women, I tell them not to 
let them stop anything, not let anything stop them. You know, unleash your potential. Don't sort of underestimate your contributions. Don't overthink. We think a lot, right? Attach voice to your work. Have the courage to ask and don't be too critical of yourself. This is sort of all the things, you know, I learned. But at the end of the day, you know, be an equal. Don't like let anybody else do it any other way. You know, that's, that's sort of... Um, are the things I, I tend to be more vocal and open about now. Yes. And I was in my career that I was learning all these things. Right. Let others benefit from everything you learned along the way. So tap women on the shoulder, assert where they can improve. What are other ways in which you and other women at the top can help women feel more valued and accepted, especially in male-dominated fields? So I would say, you know, Hartford, there's so many women. Um, so you have to have role models. At Hartford, I'm proud to say there's so many women leaders in critical leadership roles that I feel like, you know, we have good role models that people can connect to and say, hey, hey, I can be Deepa one day, I can be whosoever one day. I think that's important. The culture of the company to me is imperative to women, you know, feeling valued and accepted. And it's not even accepted as much as rewarded equally as their male counterparts. And it really starts with the leadership. It starts with you know, top of the house, and then it needs to permeate through all levels of management from my perspective to have an impact. Not just for Hartford, for but any company, you know, that wants to compete for half the talent in the marketplace will have to create a level playing field for women. And so the advice that I give to my teams or myself all the time is we have to create a culture where we understand that women have different styles and ways of working. I ask all the managers, whether male or females, to amplify the successes of women because women will tend to undersell themselves. So knowing you know, how, we, how our DNA is, how we work, it's important that the managers and the leaders sort of fill that gap. You know, we do have to support uh, culturally uh, women through the work-life issues. A lot of women in the middle management, as we're seeing, if you look at the data, you know, that's where the pipeline starts to break is when you get to the first level of management, the work-life balance becomes so skewed. And so we have to find ways to not let them out of the workforce. We do have to give them push to take on roles that they don't see the potential for, but you do. You know, it's really getting them to the comfort zone, outside that comfort zone. And, you know, lately in the last few years, I've started to ask all my leaders is it's not good enough to be just mentors. You've got to be sponsors. You've got to start promoting people, right? It's, it's good to lecture and mentor, but I think I want to see more promotions, rightfully ones. Um, and then I think last part is we do need to make sure that they're paid equally to the men counterparts. You know, giving all verbal accolades uh, without the comp compensation parity is not the way we can operate in this day and age. So, so those are the things that I think have been bad in the culture. It starts to make um, a company very palatable, very, very good place for women to come to, to stay there, to contribute. And I'm very proud to say that Hartford really offers a really great culture for women overall to thrive. You know, our CEO, our senior leaders, all have built an, what I call an extraordinary inclusive and diverse culture. I would say that the amazing culture that we have, along with the leading edge work that we're doing in technology, data, data science, really um, makes Hartford an awesome place to contribute, you know, unleash your potential, and I would say have fun along the way. Well, it sounds like you, you love being there. At, not only do you love being there, but you help make it a 
better place. Uh, so that's incredible. Before I let you go, I have to ask some fun questions. <laughs> so the first one is, what is your favorite karaoke song? I would go with Roar by Katy Perry. Oh, that is such a good one. I love it. <laughs> I sing that with my six-year-old daughter. Every time, yes. <laughs> I love that. What's your favorite way to practice self-care? My most common way is to run on a trail with lots of nature around. That's pretty, that feels pretty good to me. That sounds great, especially in this day and age. Who's one famous person you'd like to have dinner with? I'll go with Margaret Thatcher. You know, That's she was a great the, one. Yeah, she was the Iron Lady. And um, when I was much younger, you know, she would be the one I would hold in awe when people would say she's the Iron Lady. So, yes, she definitely doesn't embody a confidence gap. <laughs> what book has had the greatest impact on your life? You know, I would say Lean In. Yeah. That was a pretty rude awakening for me. So Lean In was really helpful. Uh, that's wonderful. And uh, I'm actually, you know, I think in many ways, many of the themes you've committed to and the ways that you've committed to helping other people, you can see the, the theme come through from the ideas in Lean In. So that's great. And then lastly, kind of very much in line with the conversation we've been having here. At Fairy God Boss, it's our view that women are not good enough at bragging or owning their own accomplishments. So now I will put you on the spot and ask you, Deepa, please brag for us about something you're excellent at or something you're very proud that you accomplished. You know, I would say, I wouldn't say one greatest accomplishments, but as I look back at my life, um, I did not think I would be a CIO. Like that was not planned. Being able to raise, so, so as I look back last 25 years, I worked in banking industry, the jobs were 24 seven. So being able to, I guess, uh, raise two girls, two very smart, amazing girls, strong girls with my husband, wow. and working in a 24 seven environment and be able to lead technology now in financial services, I'm happy. It's not one accomplishment, but being able to balance all this stuff together. That's, that's the key, right? That's the I'll, trick. I'll, I'll take it. Oh, Deepa, that's wonderful. And um, I wish the audience could see how broadly you're smiling uh, because <laughs> you deserve it. And it is. I think that that is the trick to accomplish in the professional and in the personal and kind of be able to look back and say, I did more than I even thought I could. And I hope our, our audience have that goal as well. So thank you for spending time with us today, Deepa. We learned so much about how women should be better at asserting themselves, how we have amplified the successes of other women, how we have to make sure we're tapping our colleagues on the shoulder, and don't just be a mentor, be a supporter. Thank you for being with us today. And thank you for paving the path for so many women in, a, in male-dominated industries. It's a pleasure to get to know you. Thank you, Romy. That was um, very nice. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks for joining us today on Fairy Godboss Radio. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and visit us at fairygodboss.com. See you next time.